0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Music. This time I'm speaking to the Manchester singer, songwriter, poet and storyteller. Is there something that this man cannot do? Marco Wolfe, following the release of his 2018 jazz folk EP titled Self, he's been engaging with a character that was kind of influenced by his Malawian roots called Francine I. That's his latest five-track EP, and we're going to begin today's show with the beautiful, not at all sombre, and if anything, quite uplifting song, Let's Build This House. Enjoy. finger click that did it, it was just there, <laughs> <laughs> just like just a, back a little, in the room, yeah, so how are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right, yeah, busy, very, very busy,
0: but um, not too bad, not too bad, not too crazy just yet, yeah, right
1: not, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, but it's not, it's good to be, I'm doing lots of really cool, exciting things, which is always a good thing, but um, yeah,
0: can you indulge us?
1: So um, I work at a um, at a children's and young people's art centre, okay. um, and I'm and I manage the music program there. So it's during the summer we usually get very busy. Um, Another moment I'm like managing uh, quite a big, like well it's not huge, but it's just bigger than anything I've done so far. just project um, where I'm. Taking a group of young musicians from Manchester,
0: yeah,
1: to Denmark to collaborate with some musicians in Denmark, and then they get to perform at a festival in Denmark. So it's all very exciting, but a lot of busy
0: busyness. It's like a logistical nightmare, isn't it? Yep. But I'm yep. I'm sure that kind of once the um, the project kind of culminates, um. And then you can let out a huge sigh of relief and, oh, yeah. and then kind of just bask in that good feeling for a moment before yeah. on to the next. So when does that finish then, that project?
1: That finishes literally the the week of when the, my tour begins.
0: Okay. So
1: it's sort of, yeah, back to back. So it ends, ends at the end of August.
0: Oh, okay. And then your tour begins. When does your tour begin? The,
1: of September is
0: the first uh, day. The first of September?
1: The second of September. Oh, so second. I, I finish on the first of September.
0: Ah. And
1: then literally, da- like, land from Denmark on, on the, on the night time. No up
0: pressure. On. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have plenty of um, honey and ginger on hand just to keep
1: oh, your yeah. alcohol cords. Um, I think for the last like couple of days I'm just going to be whisk- like, just not really... Sp- doing much yelling.
0: Yeah, well, well, hopefully you don't have to yell too much anyways, and no. um, then you're kind of just in the flow by then. You'll be in Sheffield on the 14th at the Lescar, won't you? Jazz at yeah. the Lescar. And that's part of the Northern Connections tour. Yeah, that's correct. So how did that come about?
1: Um, Out of the blue, really, Um, I need to... Uh, uh, the, so the initial email I got from the Northern Jazz I think... It's a lady named Haley who was an an intern for the Northern Jazz Promoters. Who was part of the Northern Connections tour, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I just got an email saying, "Oh, we, we're doing this project um, as the interns for Northern Jazz Promoters, and we really like your music, um, and would like to, you know, bid for a, a funding application to take you on tour." And I was just like, uh, "Yes." <laughs> Sure. Why not? I like that is a very low, like a obviously a really beautiful uh, email to receive and um, yeah. And then since then, really, I can like credit to Northern Jazz Promoters and their their interns. They've like worked very hard to make it happen, and they've really done it.
0: It's the passion of the people and the arts for you, though, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's it it really is, and it's really and it's like think personally, it came at a a very good time because I, you know, you you, as a musician, you kind of get disheartened about the amount of work, the the amount of non-musical work that's involved in trying to just make your career or whatever it is happen.
0: What do you mean? You don't like doing all of the PR, the social media, the, um, the accounting side, the travel and logistics. Imagine. I don't, funding I don't know applications. I mean, is, does that not drive <laughs> you alone? I mean, the music's surely an afterthought, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah.
1: like, it's such a pain having to
0: play, like get my guitar out. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. After you've done all the fun stuff, who wants to do music? Yeah, I I know what you mean. It's it's a lot. And Mm. I think in this crazily technologically savvy world that we're in now, Mm. the additional burden just becomes more. It's not so much about kind of calling up a venue, booking in or being called by a venue and chucking your stuff in a van and just going it's everything else around it now isn't it it's
1: in a big way and i think it's quite like and a lot of these processes aren't very accessible for everyone you know if you don't have Mm -hmm. a set if you're not like i know many artists who aren't very good at writing or very good at like articulate like even just organizing themselves as simple as that like it's it's not something that um, everybody can is can do easily, um, so yeah, it's just it is really hard. And it feels sometimes it feels very cruel to like to just be told that. Well, if you can't do all those things, then it's part of the job. You should be a music, and I feel like that's not really fair because there's a lot. Of, like I know a lot of hardworking, dedicated people who just aren't good at that kind of stuff. So
2: yeah,
1: um, but yeah, yeah, so.
0: It kind of reduces the craft into yeah, uh, and then becomes a byproduct of the graft outside of it, which kind of, for some people, it's they'd they'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's.
1: So yeah, so organisations like Northern Jazz Promoters are like a vital lifeline for artists like that, and like allow like myself, because yeah, they've they've been able to do something that I know I definitely would not have been able to do by myself and definitely not at this scale anyway. Um, yeah. cause I, yeah. And it was, it was at the time where I was actually about to begin planning for a tour. Um, and I was in that daunting stage of like, right. Okay. How do I begin this? And then they just turned up and it was honestly very, like an answered prayer, but, um,
0: a divine intervention of sorts. Yeah, yeah, indeed. We'll take that and we'll run with it. But it's <laughs> it's yeah. worked out um, in your favour. Um, mm, so that's cool. good. So, like, you're. I mean, the Northern Connections, um, the whole the project. It's it's kind of about um, emerging artists that are based in the north of England. Obviously, Northern yeah. Connections. Um, how did you? how did you kind of get into music and when, when did you get into creating music? We'll talk about the projects in a moment, but yeah. When, when did you begin? That's a
1: hard question. I suppose like music has been, um, quite just been a part of my life as long as I can remember. Um, not as a, uh, as a player or a performer or a part
0: like, participant
1: Uh, uh, yeah in that way uh in like an uh, instrumental way of singing whatnot. but um yeah like i you know i grew up in church and obviously there's lots of music there and my parents were in, in the church choir and would sing at home and all like so and then even when i was when i got to the age where i was like sort of choosing what music i would want to listen to by myself um i was always digging like much more than like my peers may have been at the time where I'd be like I want to know what's the new thing and I'd be like trying to find what the freshest newest thing that's that yeah that's out by the art so if I find an artist that I like I won't just because a lot of I mean I grew up at the age of like you know like streaming was hadn't quite started yet but a a lot of people a lot of people consuming music via like I don't know TV or like music videos, and basically what the singles were was the only music you kind of listened to.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and it was sort of definitely at the like albums were already listening to albums were already not really a thing around the time I was at school. Um, but even at that age, I was like, I want to, I want to know what else they've done, and yeah. Listen. That and I want to hear all the other things, like, and who else are they? So like they featured in this track that no one really knows. I want to, and I loved also introducing people to new music. Um, so it starts so that the passion for hearing music and and sort of being and sharing music came very early. So that was like prior, like, at late primary, primary school and early high school age, I was, I was doing that kind of thing, yeah. Um, and I've always wanted to play guitar for a long, from like since I was in primary school. And then when I turned about 15, I just decided to pick up my dad's guitar and just start teaching myself. Um, and then I was writing poetry, yeah, um, beforehand. So when I picked up the guitar, the songs pretty before I could even really play the instrument, I was already writing. I was just setting some of the poems that I had written to melodies and stuff. So. Yeah, I guess it all just sort of very naturally happened that way.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like a, a genuinely organic kind of growth, wasn't it? No, mm. oh, that's cool. So, like, when did you? So you did the the first project that I can find on streaming services mm-hmm. was because obviously this oh. is how you were, your inception. <laughs> uh, this was self. Yeah, um, that was a five track EP. What was the thinking behind that? Because I, I listened to it, I was listening to it before. Yeah. Um it was interesting hearing the I wouldn't say th- I mean, every project is different, yeah. but I think there's definitely a kind of an artistic elevation from self to Francine I mm-hmm. which we'll jump on to momentarily. But um yeah. Self. Mm. Tell me about it.
1: So it was um, that was a very difficult project to get done, Uh, and I think a big part of that project was just to get it done, (laughs) because I I basically went to uni and had a pretty bad time um, there. It just wasn't just wasn't for me, Um, and when I left uni, I had a a bunch of songs that I shared with a friend. Who was like, oh, these, you know, these are like, if, he found them quite interesting and tried to like, um, basically hosted my first ever gig in his apartment to like, link me with his, his producer, um, but then the producer came, he really liked my music and he was like, it would be work, it would be nice working together, but then he was all, the producer was also in a band who then just got signed to Universal like a month later or something. Okay. And- they disappeared and basically for the next like year and a bit it w- that was the story of my like my ep i'd find someone who'd want to work with me um get really cl- like even start rehearsing maybe record a few things but then whatever happens they they end up like going on tour or something will come up and they have to leave and the project will then die so with self i was like you know what like my friend started interning at a studio so we had act, like act cheaper access to the studio and I was like I'm just gonna try and do this with him and um so I've kind of got the a collection of songs that were like sort of reflect just sort of reflected where I was at musically at that point and really that was just me learning how to be in a studio and be out of the bedroom because before then I was very much a bedroom musician. Finding
0: a voice outside the zone.
1: Exactly. And there's a lot of, like a lot of learning and learning what I don't like. And like, even like some really simple things like playing to a click is something you have to learn and, and and the recording process and what that actually feels like and what that does to your body and, and your mind and everything. so yeah, that project was was what I yeah. I love I really love that music, even though I think at the time it was sort of um even when I was recording them, I think I was quite like sonically and my the ideas that I had, I was moving beyond that. But I think it was very important for me to have those to have that project.
0: And that's why I guess the title self is a... Um rather apt yeah. isn't it really because it was um it's the culmination of a bit of a journey that you were going through whether mm-hmm. it was artistically or as a person or whether you were dealing with your emotions and your frustrations and that kind of finds its way in doesn't it and it kind of blends in with the music ultimately yeah, um, yeah. i think it does anyways i do i do think it does i, I think that when you are because you have this improvisation element to your music don't you and I think when you do improvise um, I say this is someone coming from a theatre background who did quite a bit of th- improv as well and you kind of lose yourself in the moment and do surrender to the void in a way um, but you have to kind of also control that and channel that in a the, in the right way so you do get your intention across um, which is why it's interesting to kind of see the without being disparaging in any way about self i think it was very important for you and you've kind of articulated that already but the chase sorry that's my dog in the background (laughs) um that it's kind of the the growth from that or the artistic evolution into francine i um Mm. i am saying the title right aren't i yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: Um, and um there's a kind of a narrative there, isn't there? Could you tell us about that kind of narrative element to that, that EP?
1: To the EP. Um, yeah, yeah. Big, I think stories are a big part of me Mm -hmm. and my upbringing and the way I like to look at the world and, um, and also, I think going back to what you were saying about self, self was like a very, a very inward looking project and a very, and yeah, going through all those things. And um, in many ways, it was quite difficult as well, yeah. um, because you're constantly looking inwards. So I think with with Francine, well, what, by the time it came around to doing Francine, I, um, I think I was quite keen to stop looking inside as much and like looking, looking at, at things that are slightly outside of myself. And then maybe talking about how I feel about things around me and the world around me and, what, and whatnot. Um, and then the story of Francine emerged during that time and um, and I was hooked and it felt really nice. To like have a story that I that wasn't essentially me, and it wasn't looking and being you know ripping out whatever's inside. Um, but at the same time, it was a really personal story still, so it wasn't like far removed from me.
0: Yeah, there's the connection there, isn't there to the to your own background, the Malawian, yeah, background. and um also uh, the kind of the the topic that is prevalent throughout is the migration element Mm. which is i think it's really important and very apt especially right now Mm. in the the kind of world that we're in and especially in this kind of the the country that we live in with the um hostile policy that they Mm. kind of have towards people that have the audacity to kind of come here or attempt to make their way here to have a better life Mm. but also forgetting the fact that this entire country and nation as a whole the four nations um it was founded it was created it was crafted it was built on the backs of migration um how funny that history is um, forgotten about in that way, isn't it really? It's ridiculous. Yeah. So um, Yeah. It's, it's scary, really. It is. But it's um the thing is also it's something that you do have this intimate connection with because it's the it is part of the ingredients that have created you as a person. Um DNA wise, um, culturally and um musically in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, was I really liked um, I, I mean I like both to be fair I'm not going to say I like Self less or, or Francine more I think they both stand on their own um, on their own merits um, you kind of had the modus operandi that was your first single that was released wasn't it mm-hmm. That's um, there is a lot going on in that one <laughs> I found that one was uh, it was that was definitely like an oral assault on the senses, yeah. um, and then the kind of uh, Pan African music they um, wrote about the song uh, "Let's Build This House," mm. um, which ends in in fireworks. Um, that's a, a very beautiful song in it in itself. Um, what what was the? So obviously we have migration as a theme, but mm-hmm. what was the? thinking of the story for francine whether she's a concept whether it's an embodiment whether it's a bigger picture and she's kind of merely um, a kind of a singular um example of the diaspora <laughs> there um, yeah. yeah what is that
1: to be honest i feel like it's a combination of all those things and um i think you're very yeah i think you've pretty much hit it on the nose with all the stuff you're saying already. But I think what where Francine was, how Francine was born was from like these stories I'll tell, the, the improvised stories you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that I'll tell during my live shows. Um, and a lot of this, um, which I'm sure you'd understand from like the theatre background of like, you sort of drawing these characters that you've probably just seen and yeah. you're distilling them into the whatever the context is that you're, you're performing. So a lot of, I'll tell these stories as a way of setting a backdrop to the music I'll then play. And Francine was one of these characters that popped up and got such a big reaction that I really wanted to investigate. And so when I sat down and um, sort of told myself loads of different versions of the Francine story, I realized that I was kind of telling a story based on very much that my, you know, my mom, my aunties, my grandma, like those kind of things. So that really personal, like there were real people um, that I was looking at, or at least I was drawing these stories from and the DNA of these stories. But then, like you said, it was, it naturally then becomes a bigger story about diaspora in general. Um, And yeah, I think... So, yeah, so when, so when these songs were kind of, so the, the songs kind of organically came out of that space.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and when I, as I was exploring these stories and I could sort of hear these, the music and the textures that I kind of wanted to throw in. Um, and it just sort of, <laughs> I just kept on writing basically until I felt like I knew Francine yeah, and it became a really interesting way of like um, really understanding some of the things that my parents had to go through um, and really like looking at them and their experience. Cause I think at the time, like at the time, I think there was was a certain difficulty. I think my parents are having difficulties understanding me and I was having difficulties understanding them um, and this process not that I was fully aware of it at the time but I think this process of like going into the story and understanding the mechanics and then we re- also become you know I'm now reaching the ages that they were when they had children and having to like having a much more adult perspective on what like looking at my life and imagining what would happen or what the the things i'd have to you know all of me all my bits and all of my experiences and my baggage all how do i navigate if all of that if i to then look at raising a child and then also taking them away from what i considered home for the sake of their sake and all those things and like um so yeah it was a very so yeah, a lot of the, because I, I wanted to write, I think generally my music is quite delicate and um, I like though that kind of sound and it feels nice, but I also it needed the set elements of darkness and the tension and the fireworks and the explosions. It's all, because it's all part of it, I think. That's the,
0: yeah. I know what you mean. I, 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 I gathered that because the, it does start out. It's very soft, sincere, mm-hmm. and as you kind of get to the modus operandi, the method of operations, the, um, it, it, you do see this, this growth um, of the person of the character, but also this kind of innate strength and, mm-hmm. um. Kind of uh, intent, mm. and um, I-, I like the the exp- how you explore the experience of being an immigrant and not feeling that they belong in that place that we now call home.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, just a slightly segue. There's a a guy from Sheffield, a friend of mine. His name's Johnny Pitts. Mm. He wrote a um, book called Afropean, mm. um, which is. When loads of awards, he's just re- he's just started a new exhibit, art exhibition like a photography one in Sheffield, it's called Home is Not a Place mm. and the parallels are very interesting there he's, um, his dad's black American, his mum's white British my mum's um, black Caribbean, my dad's white American I'm British mm. um, by proxy and um, it's kind of interesting how we look at our mixed cultural upbringings and backgrounds and our uh, difficulties navigating this existence because even though we know where our parents are from and we know where Francine is from in the terms of this story, we're still kind of trying to decipher where our home is because Malawi is not your home the same way Britain is at the moment and the UK is at the moment, doesn't necessarily feel too much like home at times because of the the whole socio-political um, hellscape uh, <laughs> at times. And it's we're trying to kind of navigate and find our own place, but you're also finding a means of telling this story while finding your own kind of your own semblance of place and being and <laughs> belonging and I think belonging's a hard thing for all of us Um, yeah. um and that kind of does come through in the music as well yeah. And whether that's intended or otherwise it, it does become a part of it whatever the genre is I do think it it does always kind of find a means of emanating through to it so without kind of diving so much deeper into the music, I want people to come and see you and experience it for themselves. Um, What can we expect to see from you when you bring your show to Sheffield? Uh...
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's
1: a a big element of I'm not sure, and it's exciting because I get to... Because a lot of the stories are improvised. I don't know what story it is I'm going to bring, but I think that the storytelling aspect is something to expect Mm -hmm. whether I'm literally going to be telling stories or the, because the musicians I work with, um, I'm very careful about who I bring into the fold. But but the musicians I'm working with are all amazing storytellers on their instruments. Um, And I think that was really important to me because it meant that I could I felt really free to like start telling stories, and I know that they will be coming with me, and they will be helping articulate these. So that so that's a big storytelling is what to expect. A lot of stories, whether that's in music form or literal, um, it's it's to be seen, uh, and a lot of fun. Enjoy. Yeah. I think that's the that's thing I'm always very careful about. Um, And it was also partly the reason why, like why I approached my the video for "Let's Build This House" the way I did, Um, is that the you know it's easy to look at the sort of diasporic stories as quite sad or heavy or um, because there's a lot of tension um, because of our social setups, but then there's also a lot of triumph and a lot of joy that happens because it's all happening in in spite of all the
0: hostile environments. And it's a celebration in overcoming, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And, and I think, I don't want like the diasporic, the diasporic story is full of lots of beautiful, lovingly joyful moments as well. Um, and, and I think there's, that's something I always like to make sure people, you know, people not come into my gigs to hear a really sad story. They're all really happy stories. And I think, it, I guess that's why a lot of the stories with Francine are tend to be Francine at the end of her life looking back at all these other moments, um, because there's a lot more like, like I want, you know, I, I think that in the end, I was like, I want you to know that there is a fancy story is a happy ending. Yeah. Um, so when you when we talk about the dark stuff, just remember she is also quite happy.
0: I th- that's the thing, though. There needs to be darkness so that the light can shine. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And kind of like Shakespeare wrote years ago, obviously years ago, like twenty weeks, twenty months ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, he. In, in essence he kind of put we are such stuff as dreams are made on and mm-hmm. and then you'd kind of have other people saying we're merely the sum of all our parts and mm-hmm. the parts in this case are the, the different stories that are being told because Francine's looking back now mm-hmm. um, from a place upon high and mm-hmm. she's succeeded in what she's mm-hmm. doing and it's you're taking people through that journey and mm-hmm. that's kind of what it's all about isn't it so that'll be on um, what day is it exactly? Is it Wednesday? I believe so. Um, I'll just um, double-check. got it. Wednesday, the fourteenth of September. Yeah, in jazz at the Lescar Yeah. Um. No, that's great. I mean, I think, I think it'll be a wonderful show, and I will try to get down myself so I can come and heckle you. Heckling
1: <laughs> um, yeah. is so encouraged. <laughs>
0: Well, no, I think it'll be great so I'm also going to share a, I'll, I'll put a little preview article together and I'll um, also share out your socials as well um, I do have a favour to ask though, would you be able to send me over a couple of your tracks to you? Yes, yes, I can do that um, I'll I'll drop my email <laughs> yeah, send me the email in the, okay. into the chat and then that way at least you can then have it and also I'd just like to thank you so much for your time, it's um uh, it's been a pleasure. I love I love talking to people. Um that's my podcast is called um Chris talks music. Oh, amazing. And I literally just talk to people about music. It's um I don't always know every single genre and every single thing that's going on. No, but, but... that's the beauty of just speaking to people from everywhere. Yeah, and, and everything been, it's... it's
1: been an absolute pleasure. I think it's nice to have conversations like this because it feels it feels real. I don't know how else to describe
0: it. I don't like to do interview like interviews. I just, yeah. I'm just it's more uh, curiosity really. Mm. And um if if people who listen kind of enjoy that then mm. we, we've achieved our aim really. And um I think that's the, the nicest way to be. I think we need to look at the world with virgin eyes. Yeah at all yeah. times. Just so we can just enjoy and embrace everything that goes on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. your EP, Francine I that came out on July the 30th, 2021. <laughs> so people can download that. Um, for, yeah, I, I assume it's on Bandcamp as well. Bandcamp. Um, yep, yeah, get it on Bandcamp Friday. So then you can get your uh, royalty free yeah. um, and you can get the full profits from that. Um, otherwise, you can get it from all the usual places, Spotify, um, Amazon Music as well. Yeah. and Apple Music, which I listen to it on Apple Music. You get slightly more in terms of royalties there, so, yeah. you know. But yeah, <laughs> Marco, thank you so much. It's thank been an absolute this. pleasure. Likewise. Thank and you so much. No worries. I wish you all the best on the journey, and I will hopefully see you on the 14th. See you on the 14th. <laughs> Have a good one. Have oh a good man. Have a great evening. You too. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Marco Wolf headlines the Northern Connections Tour, a new project showcasing emerging talents and artists based in the north of England. As we said towards the end there, he'll be performing at the 14th of September at Jazz at the Lesca. He's a wonderful, interesting, very deep gentleman and I'm very intrigued to see where his musical journey takes him next. But let's end with the song modus operandi it was the first single from the francine iep which was released on flex records and even earned airplay from the bb6 music and giles peterson's worldwide fm shows check it out and until next time do take care